Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson, CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services, and my passion is creating success in people by sharing my experiences in real estate, entrepreneurship, and community involvement. My partner, Heather Warmbrod, and I will be hearing from expert leaders in these spaces and giving you practical advice to help you accelerate your business. So pull up a seat because we are about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. Hey, everybody, we are back. Welcome to season three of the Moving Up podcast. Heather and I have taken a quick little summer break. Yes. And now we're back. Hi, Heather. Hey, Christy. It is so good to be back. <laughs> yeah. We um, were talking last week when we were sitting down and discussing how this season would look. And I was like, oh, my God, I really miss doing this. Mm -hmm. It's our weekly thing to do it. And it's going to be fun. It's been a good summer, but it is. It's good to be back in the saddle and recording every week. And we have some great shows lined up for you guys for season three. So we're excited to share that with you. But we're super excited about today's podcast because we are going to be talking about a market update. And each quarter when we do that, it's just funny how over the past year that we've done this, each quarter has changed it so has. dramatically and none more than what's happened over this quarter. Q3, <laughs> yeah. end of Q2, start of Q3, mm-hmm. um, 2022. Yeah, it has been a whirlwind. So when we last left you, I guess that was sort of mid-May, end mm-hmm. of May. And so we're going to just pick up from there on what's happening. But it seems like to me, well, to all the realtors I've been talking about, is that we really felt the market shift and a stabilization occur mid-May. It was about May 15th. And I feel like that stabilization went strong for three to four weeks to mid-June, where mm-hmm. I felt like, I don't feel like the brakes got put on in Nashville or Middle Tennessee, but I feel like they the foot came off the gas yeah. a little bit. I feel like people took a pause with a combination of interest rates going up really fast in a short period of time inflation going up really fast in a short period of time, stock market war in Ukraine, just everything happening made people stop a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Let's welcome our guest. Yes. We have a guest today. We have one of the Wilson Group's OGs, which stands for Original (laughs) Girls. (laughs) Christy Bradley, welcome to the house. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So Christy popped in my office just a little bit ago, and we sort of wrangled her up here. And we were talking about a new listing that she's working on and pricing and how different it is to price a home right now versus what it was in April. Mm -hmm. And so as we were talking, we said, Christy, come upstairs and be on the show with us. And she luckily obliged. (laughs) So how long have you been doing this, Christy? Uh, 15 years. 15 years. So, yep. Yeah. One of my girls. <laughs> Christy specializes predominantly, well, she does all kinds of real estate, but a ton of new construction, new builds for Build Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So the conversation got really interesting. So we thought we'd just yeah. parlay it into the podcast. Bring it on up to the podcast and yeah. talk about kind of the struggles that we're having now with pricing. Yeah. Yeah. So we've looked at a lot of stats too of what's happening over the past few months. And the struggles with inventory is still the same. Even though we're seeing more inventory, mm-hmm. it's still not enough inventory to make it a buyer's market. I mean, it's still a seller's market out there. And, and we're talking about August right now. I think we're at about half of where we need to be. Right. When I pulled up the Greater Nashville Realtor stat, or actually, these are real track stats this morning on market stats, it's showing that 
we have about a two-month supply of homes on the market in both Davidson County and pretty much in the whole Real Tracks MLS system. Mm-hmm. So only about a two-month supply. The days on market, I was looking at the Greater Nashville Realtors Report, those days on market, which encompasses nine counties, but looking at all of Real Tracks, it's like three days is the median, not the average, the median days on market is about three days in all of the counties that Real Tracks covers. Wow. In Davidson County, it's exactly the same. It's right about three days is what you're looking at. Median. So average is a little bit higher Okay. days on market. So things are still moving, but the pricing piece is critical. Yes. So absolutely. What are you seeing, Heather? Yeah. So I had a listing, had it coming soon last week, went active on Thursday, had about nine showings the first day, about five showings the second day, received two offers and we got an at list offer. My seller was very happy, um, you know, to be able to go under contract the first weekend on the market, because Mm -hmm. just at looking at everything, I was really trying to educate my seller that, you know, it may take a little bit longer and, and be patient. It's going to happen. It just may take a little bit longer. And, you know, he, he priced it right. It looked amazing. Smelt amazing. So. Okay. <laughs> That's important. Christy and I talk a lot about smell. Because yeah. <laughs> it's a big deal. <laughs> All those things, it presented very well. And he was able to, to go under contract the very first weekend. Yeah. So back to pricing. I mean, I really think it's important for your sellers to price right coming out of the gate. And I think, Christy, you had spoke to that just a little bit ago. Yeah, I think I think what's hard is trying to get sellers to realize where we are now versus where we are when we first started talking about listing their house, which was two or three months ago. Because mm-hmm. most houses, when you have the things done, you know, that you need to have done to make sure that they don't smell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, it takes a couple of months. So when you start those conversations, you know, they have original expectations up front. You know, what do you, what do you think we're going to get? And of course, I think my answer, I think any agent's answer over the last two years has been like, well, we're going to, we're going to put it on and see what happens because I think we've all been shocked. There have been homes that sold for way more than I thought they would. And there have been homes that have set that I didn't think would sit. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's just been an interesting market. So these homes right now that are in the transition of, they kind of started the process when we were on the the back end of all these crazy high prices and 20 offers. And now they're actually coming to the market and the expectation is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So navigating that, you, you know, know your, your home hasn't gone down in value. It's just when we actually got to market, we're not in a market where we're getting 20 offers anymore. Right. So does that make your off your home worthless? Probably not. But does it? mean that it might sit a little longer? It may. Yeah. So, So, you know, someone, I was talking to another broker and we were talking about days on market and they said, historically, if a house stays on the market for 30, 60 days, that's still a seller's market. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, these past two years, we have been what I call the real estate vortex. It's just been, think of a tornado. I mean, I just feel like that's what we've been in. And now the tornado is over, but middle Tennessee has still appreciated almost 50% in two years. I mean, the change is significant. So even if your particular home hasn't appreciated an actual 50%, I'm sure it's still appreciated at least 35 to 40%. So where we were in pre-pandemic, you're 
significantly higher because pre-pandemic, we were appreciating at about 5% a year. You know, we've gone back to that very standard, I'm going to say 3 to 10%. You know, each neighborhood, of course, is very different. Each area is very different, but that's a good average is probably 5%. And then in two years to go up anywhere from 35 to 50%, depending on the neighborhood. So you're still sitting in a really amazing spot. I don't think values are going down. I think they reset at what they reset at. And now we're just ratcheting it to back to that normal pre-pandemic appreciation. But Christy, to your point, now the conversation has changed with the seller of, yeah, we did have that conversation in April and we were still in that vortex, but in May it changed because of all these factors. And a lot of the people who are going to move here during the pandemic have already moved. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that fewer people are moving. Well, fewer people are moving here, but there's still a ton of people moving mm-hmm. here, you know, and a lot of neighborhoods are in demand. But for you agents out there listening, having that conversation with your seller on why pricing is critical and setting that expectation. But that big question is now, well, how do you price? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was telling Heather and Christy before we went on the air that the the topic of this podcast should be my crystal ball is blurry. (laughs) (laughs) Not that we've ever had a crystal ball, but you know, it has been, it's like, I, this is what the market says your house is worth, but I can't tell you how much more we're going to go over that. And I think the market, we just have to look at it and balance it. And this is for us agents who've been in the market for a while, but in the business for a while, you still have to listen to your gut, you know, which I feel like in my thought, the whole process, the whole past year and a half is I have not been listing where I think something is going to sell. I've been listing where I think it's going to appraise mm-hmm. because at the end so of the day, smart. people yeah. can, can do an appraisal gap all day long. But if you're, you know, if your threshold, I mean, their, their appraisal gap starts with where your where your listing price is. Mm-hmm. So they're going to pay, you know, 50, 60,000, $100,000 over that listing price. But if that listing price is too high to begin with, and it appraises for way under that, then I mean, you, you really just hurt your seller because if you had listed lower, you probably would have gotten the same price and a larger appraisal gap. Yeah. So I feel like what's turning now is like Heather and I were talking about a few minutes ago. Okay. So we've been able to list according to appraisal and hope for more. Mm-hmm. But now if we list according to comps, is it going to hurt us? Because so many things have closed at way more than they would have appraised for Mm -hmm. and have closed at these crazy prices. So if we use those crazy prices as our comps, does it hurt us? Right. And and if it does, what do we use to price things? Because my my theory has always been, I want to price where I know it will appraise. And I don't, I don't know that answer right now because I I think appraisers are even taking a pause. So you bring up an interesting and excellent point because we've all gone through that the house doesn't appraise for purchase price but the buyer has is bringing enough money to cover that gap or it's all cash or whatever and they did want an appraisal so i don't know if we don't become more like the appraisers because you know when you list something and it sells the appraiser always calls you to get data mm-hmm. to help them do their a more accurate appraisal I mean, it could be calling those listing agents when they had it listed, say, hey, did that have an appraisal contingency? Was there a gap? What did it appraise for? And see, and that that could help because we're not going to see those giant appraisal gaps anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah. You know? And I feel like, too, we're seeing a more cautious 
buyer. Whereas six months ago, it felt like a game of musical chairs and everyone's in town and they've got to pick a chair before they leave town. And now I feel like some of those out of towners have just taken a step back. And a lot of the buyers I'm seeing are locals. Mm. And so, you know, it's harder for a local to make that crazy offer because they know what this area was worth a year or two ago. Sure. And so I feel like that may come into play and you're, and we're actually, I'm actually seeing inspection contingencies rather than people waiving everything. So I know. Yeah. I feel like most of it's gone back to just normal real estate, mm-hmm. not all of it, but the majority of it has where people are putting in the inspection contingency appraisal contingency. Although I still, I'm seeing, you know, gaps or if it's a cash deal, they're mm-hmm. waiving the appraisal, mm-hmm. but I feel like we've just gone back to old school real estate. And Without, with, with higher prices. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. But I think the negotiation within the contract is still there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has come back, you know? So even though it's still a seller's market, it's just a normal seller's market. But that pricing piece, that is the wild, wild west, again, in a different way. I mean, we as realtors have always battled the Zillow's estimate because that's what the seller is going to expect it to be. And before I go on a listing appointment now, I always pull up the estimate on that property because just trying to go in with an understanding of where the expectation of the seller may be. Mm-hmm. And then I can speak to that before it even comes up. You mm-hmm. know, well, I know your estimate says this, but you do have 20 year old carpet. You're choosing not to paint. Your mindset is that you can just throw it out there and get what you want. I'm here to tell you, you cannot do that anymore. Right. Some people listen to me, some people don't, and I feel like the majority do listen because they they do get it. They do understand that we've been in that crazy vortex, but we really have to explain it to them mm-hmm. and make sure that their ear isn't too much in their coworkers or their neighbors or because that's where they get in trouble is when they listen to everybody but their realtor. Everybody who sold in February. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or never <laughs> yeah. did sell. <laughs> right. Like yeah. um, I listed one three weeks ago. And I I knew where we needed to price it. The seller's father thought it needed to be $100,000 more because the Zestimate was $100,000 more. I'm going, you are under contract to my seller. I'm like, you're under contract to purchase something else without a home sale contingency. And you are sweating bullets that you're not going to, that this won't sell. And I'm not here to underprice a listing because I still don't think you can underprice a listing in Nashville. Right. I think the market will drive it up. And sure enough, she did all of her punch list items she needed to do to get it ready. We put it on the market. The number of showings we're all experiencing has gone down dramatically. I mean, we had maybe nine showings in the first two days and received five offers. I mean, we did receive five offers and it did get bid up, but still well below that Zestimate. The neighbor on the market down the street, similar square footage at the Zestimate, and it's now been on the market for two weeks. So interesting. that's an example I have been using with other sellers who think their house is worth so much more Yeah, and just saying, please listen to me mm-hmm. and my experience. And like, Christy, you've been doing it 15 years. Heather, you've been doing it going on six years. I mean, it's y'all both have significant experience. This is what we need to do. Yeah. And honestly, not everyone's going to listen to you, but if you say it with confidence and you can bring stats from your office with you right to back it up to back it up so for the new a brand new agents who are listening out there who don't have the experience get your office behind you get talk to other agents in your office and talk Mm -hmm. about what they're doing 
and then just practice that conversation so you can speak confidently yeah, to it. Yeah. And this is where I want to brag on our sales meetings because I feel like at our sales meeting, it is a market update. Mm-hmm. We are talking about what people are seeing. And so that is just a wealth of knowledge that I can take with me to my buyers and sellers. Yeah. And I think for new agents, get help pricing stuff. I've been doing this for 15 years and sell a lot in Sylvan Park. Super familiar with Sylvan Park. And I don't price anything without having at least three or four opinions from other people. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, I think it's just so important to have more opinions. I don't yeah. You know, well, that's why you're on the show. You yeah. popped into my office, you're like, oh, I'm at Alyssa's house, and I'm thinking, what do you think? Blah, blah, blah. And we started talking about pricing. And well, the seller's thinking here in April, y'all are all thinking there. And now I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. And you, you're feeling that too. So it is, it's very helpful to talk to other people in your office who know certain areas. And then just get on the computer and start really looking at those market stats. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Harry Allen, co-founder and chief relationship officer of Studio Bank. Studio Bank is passionate about what our members create, and we're here to support you through the process. We provide capital and services to build businesses. We offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time home buyer or purchasing your fifth home. We work with artists to reach their audiences. We help nonprofits transform our community. And often, the most important work we do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. We're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 176-1767. Okay, so do we want to be adventurous and talk about maybe what we think coming up for August? End of August is when this show is going to come out. Moving into September, I know August is typically... I even hate to say that anymore, right? Can we even call anything typical anymore? (laughs) Typically a slower month. Who knows? Christy, what do you think? Well, great question, Heather, because I always find that right around 4th of July to after Labor Day, that's when you hit the doldrums of the market. I feel like everyone in Nashville leaves to go on vacation. And I'm so happy when they leave because of traffic. (laughs) It makes getting around town so easy. But at the same time, the market itself kind of slows down. And that's across the board in almost all of the industries. When you talk to your friends who own restaurants or or in this the, you know, the service industry or sure. whatever, it just typically slows down, but man, we hit our slowdown early. It, it went mm-hmm. mid-May to mid-June and then it was typical that 4th of July week. But I feel like even though you're not getting 50 people in a house over the first weekend, you're getting eight, yeah, 10, but man, those are quality buyers and everything I've put on the market in July has gone under contract. And Christy, to your point, Everyone who's bought my listings have been local buyers mm-hmm. who've been waiting for the crazy to slow down because they want to take their time and look and think and get their arms around the new neighborhoods that are hot and all that. And actually get to do an inspection. And, and do their due diligence. Mm-hmm. So August, I think, is going to be, I think it's going to be flat, but I think it's going to be steady. Okay. I think where I'm super excited is to see what happens, you know, somewhere between September... 11th through 20th is usually when I feel like there's that surge of energy again. And so are we going to see that this year? Because let's face it, the past two years, it's never stopped. We haven't had that doldrum July, August timeframe in two years. We did in in 18 and 19, 
and in 18 and 19, I was like, oh, good. We're back to normal real estate. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I used to freak out. I'd be like, oh my God, the market's stopping. But I was going, okay, it's, we're all normalizing. And yeah. then 2020. Okay. So yeah. So I'm, I'm very optimistic of what September looks like. Mm-hmm. And end of all, I just think August is just going to be status quo, normal yeah. August. It's not going to, I don't think we're going to break records and sales numbers. We're not going to break records on inventory going way up or going way down. It's just going to be bloop. Stay steady. Stay steady. Yeah. Okay. That that's just Christie's prognostication without a yeah. crystal ball. I like that. I can deal with that. Yeah. I think that's going to be good. Christy, would you agree? Yes, I, d- I do expect to see things start going up a little bit end of August, September. And I think my yeah. thoughts are I feel like when when the pandemic started, people just they said, "Okay, I'm going to pause. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to see what happens. I don't want to be the first person to jump in, but I don't I don't want to automatically be out. I'm going to just kind of sit here and wait and watch. And so I felt like the first couple months of the pandemic were just a total, you know, just steady, nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing drastic. And then it just kind of took off when people decided, okay, this isn't the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And I feel like May, when they started doing everything about the interest rates and all that, I I feel like people kind of had the same knee jerk reaction of hold mm-hmm. on pause agree I stop i want to see what happens and i feel like end of august beginning of september people are gonna be like okay you know maybe rates at six percent aren't that terrible right because historically it's amazing and i right. think once people get over the i'm not gonna have rates of three and a quarter mm-hmm. and they get over that shock and kind of wrap their brain around it. But Hey, I also don't have to compete with 30 people mm-hmm. when I'm making an offer. Right. They might kind of get back in to the ball game. So that's yeah. what I'm hoping. I heard a lender, uh, I think it was like on Instagram, but he did this really cool equation with talking about what you just mentioned. So if you're competing against 30 people and you've got this lower interest rate, but you've overpaid, and I think he said like $100,000, what does that equal versus the higher interest rate now? And you could actually take your time and really look at the home, do your inspection and make a decision over a couple of days versus what you paid over, but you had a lower interest rate. I thought that was That's really a, yeah. interesting parallel, you know, to really kind of maybe talk to your buyer about that. Yeah, you're paying a higher interest rate, but you could possibly get this listing at list price, not competing, and you're going to have a little bit more time. So I thought that was a really neat spin on it. And and just to give a kind of preview, when you talked about appraisers, we're going to have Will Humphreys with Vector Appraiser. Um, he's going to come back to the show. So yeah. cannot wait to ask him about how his group is kind of putting their arms around this, this change. Yeah, because we start to hear rumors about how people are doing appraisals and all that stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Really good. So we were talking earlier too about one thing that's driving a lot of things as well and always has is schools and school choices. And Christy, you and Heather both have children in private school. And you brought up an interesting fact that I had not thought of. You want to share that, what you were talking about, Christy? I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens. I mean, historically, we know that Davidson County, when it comes to people moving here from out of town, Davidson County has been a huge focus. And I feel like people started to move out to some other surrounding counties um, when COVID happened because Mm -hmm. people were moving here. They could work remotely. But I feel like schools have always controlled a lot of that. And 
people have had options when they move to Davidson County. We can do public, we can do private, we can do, you know, these different things. And right now I don't feel like people have those options because all of the private schools that I know of are at capacity. Sure. So if you're not, you know, a church member or already have kids there mm-hmm. or, you know, have an in-law who's on the board of directors, I don't <laughs> know how you get in just moving here from out of town, being an out of towner and not having a foot in the door. So I think some of those options in Davidson County are not what they used to be. So it will be very interesting to me to see how that affects some of the other school systems and people, you know, moving to Williamson County, Wilson, Sumner, all those other counties that maybe before would have stayed in Davidson County. So it'll just be interesting to see if that it goes back to something that I've always wanted to do was just to put a, a sign on Nashville that says, we're full. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's true. In like, all ah, regards. In all regards, we're full. Right. Um, you know, and if you're coming here, assimilate. Be nice. Yes. Don't honk. Be yes. kind to your neighbor. Because it's schools. It's not to sound elitist, but it's country clubs. It's churches. It's mm-hmm. everything is just at capacity. Uh, except for office buildings. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know, we are seeing somewhat of a high vacancy rate Mm -hmm. downtown, you know, as these hybrid work models take effect. I mean, they're still there. The offices are still, you know, the companies are still there. It's just this hybrid work model. um, Yeah. Amazon has has halted um, building number two. I mean, they're going to complete the building, obviously. Yeah. But the inside. Yeah. They're rethinking about how it could be used. Mm -hmm. Maybe as another private school. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Bridgestone Americas did the same thing. You know, they have their big building downtown at the corner of what is it? Fourth and Demumbrian. And they just reduced theirs by a hundred some odd thousand square feet, I think. Right. So a lot, a lot of corporations are rethinking how they use their their office space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking of school. I have two seniors this year. I just have to throw that in the podcast. Couldn't be more excited. I have one more year and two more are gone. Two more are gone. <laughs> and I've watched Heather talk about a vortex. Having two rising seniors in high school who are very popular, very energetic, very sports-driven oh. kids. I don't see how your hair isn't gray or on it, fire. Is that color it? Oh, yeah. I do. I color it. Well, it looks great. But they're, they'll be back in school by the time this airs. Okay, so good. Nor does she have wrinkles. It's not fair. A happy dance all the way down the street. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we're we're sitting in Nashville in a place, and I say Nashville, Middle Tennessee, of it is about, like it's always been, realtors out there, arm yourself with knowledge and education do your research. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are so fortunate to have real tracks and have the market stats on there where you can deep dive on whatever you need to deep dive on for your client. We all think of Zillow as the enemy, but only realtors do. The consumer, the non-realtor, they live and die by Zillow for their real estate stuff. So look at what your sellers and buyers are looking at too, so that you can waive all those options and anticipate where their knee-jerk reaction may be or how willing they are to listen to you, bring life examples with you. I mean, I love the example right now of, oh my gosh, my last six listings all went to local buyers. Mm. I mean, and those sellers were also buyers. So they're local. I mean, it's just, it's interesting. And I always like to ask too, when I'm taking a buyer out and they may be interested in a property, when I call that agent to see where the seller's going, 
but how many sellers are moving to a different state or moving mm-hmm. elsewhere? You know, I mean, outside of the middle Tennessee area, right. it's just interesting, you know, and it's been for jobs or whatever. It's not mm-hmm. been like, Oh, they can't take Nashville anymore or family. Yeah. But arm yourself with knowledge. That's the way you're going to be able to just come across as the expert. And because you are the expert and, Bend the seller to your will. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that easy. But, um, you know, and and remember, the seller is going through a very stressful time and managing what they're hearing from the neighbors, the friends, the family. And it's up to you to say, man, I get it. I know you've got everybody in your ear, but let me share with you what's really happening out there. And I think, too, for new agents, relationships are huge because I feel like for the past two years, it's been you know, you don't really have to answer your text. You don't have to answer your phone. You don't have to have other great friends in the industry. You put a house on the MLS, you get offers and that's the way it is, but that's not the way it always is. And so I feel like, you know, you got to answer your phone and, mm-hmm. and play and return nice. Your text. And, play nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one other interesting market stat, since that's what we're talking about, when I've looked back over the past three years in middle Tennessee, the days on market, like right now, the days on market feel so short, but from late 19 until even now, each when I looked at each month, our average days on market have been anywhere from 21 days to 36 days for all those counties. For that, that nine, I can't remember if it's nine or 11 county MSA. I can't remember which, which all counties we use to do our market stats for Greater Nashville Realtors. Because... We feel like the days on market are so short, Mm -hmm. but then there's those homes that have been overpriced that are staying on for a lot longer. So when you're just looking at averages, not the median, it has not shifted that much, which I found fascinating. Yeah. So another key indicator of pricing it right, if if your seller needs that shorter day on market, price it right, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Good tips. Yes, indeed. What else, Heather, do we need to hit today? I think that's all. You know, I cannot wait. It's always fun for us to go back and listen to our previous market updates before we record a new one. So listening to this one, and then we are slated to do another one in December. Yep. So super interesting. We'll see what Q3 and Q4 of 2022 hold for us, Mm -hmm. which I am very optimistic. I think it holds a lot of good stuff. I think we all fared. You weren't in the business during the recession. Christy, you were new in the business during the recession, I think. Weren't 2007? Yes. When you got it? Mm-hmm. And you've thrived and you continue to thrive. I just think you just go back to work. You know, we, we work really hard mm-hmm. for what we do and we work really hard for our clients. And our best interest is for the success of our clients. So I just think we, we keep after it. Yeah. And um, that, that's not a bad thing. It's not. And Christy, thank you for being yeah. so brave. Jump in and we drug you upstairs. <laughs> thank right. you for having me. Yeah. All right, guys, we will see you next time. And now that we're back again, if you have any topic you'd like Heather and I to cover, shoot us an email, which our email is podcast at wilsongrouprealestate.com. And we will be more than happy to go over it and discuss and have some conversation around it. Okay, guys. Thanks so much. Y'all have a great day. Bye. Recognized as a nationally ranked top 150 accounting firm, Alexander Thompson Arnold CPAs serves Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Mississippi by providing accounting, tax, and consulting services for clients ranging from small to medium-sized businesses. ATA offers several services other than traditional accounting to the Nashville area, such as technology solutions, litigation support, business valuations, marketing strategies, HR consulting, 
retirement plans, and third-party administration. Contact ATA partner David Hart by calling 615-662-2727 or visit them online at atacpa.net. Hey, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button on your podcast app. This will ensure you won't miss a single episode. Until next time. Thank you.